Welcome into the Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast, where we will take a deep dive into the NCFFL and all its glory, providing you, the GMs, the fans, hot takes and predictions sure to stir up controversy all along the fantasy football season. My name is Joe Norton, and along for the ride is Jared Campbell. Let's go! All right, welcome back in to episode three of Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Joe Norton, and with me, as always, is Jared. How you doing, buddy? I'm just living the dream, baby. Another Wednesday night, another podcast going on to week three. I got that first win off my back. I'm ready to roll. It feels good to get a win, and you know what feels better? Two wins. Yeah, that's and, true. And but... uh, if anyone's keeping count there, that's half of my total of four. So I'm only allotted two more wins. Hopefully they don't come in the next two weeks. I'd like to spread those out over a season. Uh, I kind of That's kind of been my, uh, my, uh, my go-to over the last 10 years. So hopefully I can get that done again. How, what, was the, what was the mile high experience like this time around? You went last, did you go last year or two years ago? No, I've never been to Mile High Stadium, but glad you asked. We had a blast out there. Met my buddy, flew out uh, to Denver, met my buddy Alex out there, uh, and we just had a ride. We ended up dressing up. I sent some pictures out, dressed it up like Ditka, and um, it was hilarious, man. From the moment we walked towards the train station and then got off the train and, and headed out towards uh, tailgating, it was like every 25 to 50 feet, someone was coming up, stopping us, asking to take pictures. We felt like mini celebrities for a little while, so it was actually pretty sweet. But um, great fans out there. I mean, we had Bear, Bear fans coming up to us. We had Bronco fans coming up to us. Uh, it was a riot, but got a bunch of free beers, free shots, Um what a game came down. I mean, the game itself wasn't great. I mean, Mitch Trubisky threw for about 95 yards up until the last 30 seconds of the game. Um, so I wasn't too happy about that. But then you got Eddie Pinheiro hitting a 53-yarder for a game winner with one second on the clock. Boom. You say Pinheiro. I say Pinata. So, hey, his, his new nickname, according to Bears fans, is Eddie Money. Yeah, Pretty yeah. fitting, considering we did just lose the yeah. great Eddie Money songwriter yeah. and yeah. artist. So, all right, right. pretty awesome. So, but well, good. Well, well congrats. Well, when when did you get back? Did you come back Monday or Tuesday? Yeah, had to take Monday off. Um, got a little waffled Sunday night. Um, we ended up actually going out to a bar late night. Um, a couple tequila shots later, I pretended like I was uh, Alex's bodyguard and said that he was a Silicon Valley multimillionaire in the cab. I had the cab driver actually drop us off about a block and a half away from his house as so that so that nobody knew or so the driver didn't know where he was. I had this guy rolling. It was dynamite. <laughs> I get <laughs> probably probably had to be there, huh? Yeah, you did have to be there, but it was a great time. <laughs> well, good deal. Well, well, let's uh, what's uh, what's what we're gonna we're gonna recap these uh, week two games first. Yeah, so let's go through the rundown here. So the rundown is gonna kiss the, consist of we got a little rapid fire recap, then we'll get back into the good. Oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Yeah, we'll get back into the good, bad, the ugly. Um, from there, we're going to move on to a little waiver wire reaction. Uh, we'll get into some mailbag questions. Uh, and then we got a new segment, Jared. It's called Boom or Bust. 
and we'll get into who we think is going to be a boom or bust for the following week. And then, as always, we'll dive into the uh, week three projections. So let's get started, huh? What do you say? All right, I'm down. It's time for the weekly rapid fire recap. Here we go, and you'll start us off for us on the rapid fire reaction. Uh, How about it? All right, first up, we had we had Chaz versus Brian. Forty-seven. No, not how old Brian looks, but rather the amount of points that Chaz's D scored for him. If that would have happened to me, you best believe I'd be coming up with some kind of rule proposal for next year because I ain't letting 47 points from a defense happen to me. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> Chaz moves to 2-0 and continues his dominance of being most annoying GM. What a win there, huh? All right, I got the next game. That was myself versus Pittman, and I went on to move to two and oh, while Pittman dropped to an even one and one. Seems like Pittman didn't let his inmates out of the cell because they decided not to show up. Unfortunately, (laughs) (laughs) what I mean by that is, although Antonio Brown did uh, surpass his projected points, Kamara didn't show up. Um, Obviously. Adrian Peterson sat on his bench, giving him 10 points, which might have helped out, but he still wanted to have the win. Uh, Evans is just underperforming. His last two weeks, he scored a total of 11.9 points. That's not going to get it done. And when Cohen and Kamara combine for 10 points, you know you're in a world of hurt. So the band of misfits didn't, uh, didn't pull off the victory. He only had three of 10 outscoring their projections where – I had uh, seven out of ten outscoring projections followed or uh, led the way with Godwin, Gurley, and Vance. Nice two and zero, oh, Joey moving to two and zero. Oh. Wow, here we go. All right, next up we got Rusty versus Brooks. Twenty-two. No, not the number of times Rusty checks the Yahoo app every thirty minutes on Sundays, but rather the amount of points Brooks loses, and it pushes him to zero and two on the year. It's a tough break for Brooks. I don't know if you knew this, but week one, his opponent, quarterback, was he was facing Lamar Jackson. And who did they play? The Dolphins D. Then in week mm-hmm. two rolls around, and the quarterback he's facing, Tom Brady. The defense he's placed, Miami Dolphins. Say it that's, just, that's just tough schedule. Um, and I checked my note. And a must win for week three for Brooks. His opponent QB is Dak versus, you guessed it, the Dolphins. Three weeks in a row, Brooks is facing the quarterback that's going up against the Dolphins. <laughs> that's you tough. You can't pay to be that lucky. That's tough. Or I should say unlucky. That's tough. That is super tough right there. All right, moving on. We have Mike versus John. Mike, unfortunately, dives down to 0-2 in the cellar next to Brooks, while John evens it back up to 1-1 with a solid 160-point showing there. Mike, I believe, is the first person not to reach 100, unless I'm mistaken, but difficult, uh, difficult loss for him. He did acquire a new... Uh, new new guy by the name of McLaurin, who popped in some points for him. But unfortunately, between him and Zeke, those were pretty much the only guys he had outside of that and Hollywood Brown. Um, it's pretty bad when most of his bench players outscored his starters. So three of ten over projections, that's not going to win many games. However, on the other side, Johnny's got a difficult decision to make come week three. Now, fortunately, pulled off the victory with Cam's mediocre 15 points. But Cam's hurt, still in the walking boot, didn't go to practice today. And got some bad news about Drew Brees, who John actually dropped earlier this morning. And he's down to Aaron Rodgers. Now, not a bad deal, but Aaron Rodgers hasn't been to full form yet. Needless to say, he had six out of ten guys go over projection. 
Um, and he's also down to one tight end because Njoku broke his wrist. That came out later today. Now, whether or not he'll play, I doubt it, but he's going to miss some time. So, so John's team took a bit of a hurt this past week, and we'll see if he can uh, get this winning streak on to two games come next week. Finish it up for us. All right. The last one, I know Brad's ready for this one. The last one is Jared versus Brad. 5-5. Five, five. No, not Brad's height. But rather 55 as the combined points scored by my stud wide receivers, and they finally showed up. You predicted last week that his receivers were better than mine, and they heard you. Suck it, Bradley. <laughs> Here I come. I'm about to go on a roll. You boys better watch out. U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi, you ugly, yeah, yeah, you ugly, the good, bad, and the ugly. Alright, welcome into the good, the bad, the ugly. Jared, get us started off, who's going to be your good? So my good for this past week is John's four, quote, unquote, elite wide receivers, and those names are Jarvis Landry, Emmanuel Sanders, Tyrell Williams, and one and only John Ross. They all combined for 51 points this past week. And you might be thinking, yeah, that's good for John. Oh, no, my good isn't for John. My good is that this is good for the rest of the league because it's still giving false promise to John that his receiving group is actually good. And it's going to all come crashing down at some point. Mm-mm-mm. We'll see. Johnny uh, always tends to make it off to the playoffs. So who knows with his uh, waiver wire pickups if uh, if that'll come true. But we'll definitely see. All right, my good. I'm going to go and stick with John. And I'm actually going to go with Dalvin Cook. This guy, after a number fourth pick over all scampered on 20 rushes for 154 yards three receptions for 37 a total of 191 yards from scrimmage with a huge chunk of that coming off a 75 yard touchdown scamper this guy is showing exactly what he was always meant to do if the dang vikings kept to the running game and that's exactly what they've been doing all year Minus the fact that they lost to Green Bay, Dalvin Cook has looked like a freaking stud so far. And I kind of wish I had him on my team. But this guy's looking like an animal right now. He's looking good. I was all in on him. Not at number four overall, but he's starting to prove wrong. All right, Jared, let me hear who's going to be your bad for this. Oh, my bad is going to go to none other than a Mr. Joseph Norton. Oh, here, stay with me here. All right, Joe. So you're two and oh. Did you know in the past 10 years, you've only started a two and oh once? (laughs) Is that this year? (laughs) No, it was it was a different year. Not counting this year. The past 10 years, you've only started two and oh one other time. You actually started oh and two five times. That's just nuts in itself. (laughs) Two and oh once. 0-2 5 times. In 2015, you started 2-0, and do you know what you did in game number three that year? I I, I don't know what I did. I want to say I won. You won. You went 3-0. You actually lost the next game and then won again, and you finished the first five weeks at 4-1. Hey, Joe, question. Do you remember what your record was at the end of the year? It was 4-9. You lost eight in a row and went to four and nine. I remember that year. I'm just going to get my popcorn ready and just get ready to see how this whole season just falls to a disaster. If someone were to come up to me and say, hey, there's no way you could lose eight games in a row, I'd be like, I've already done it. It's possible. And it's definitely possible again. Probably more than once. (laughs) I I mean – it's just unbelievable. I mean, you got to luck into something. I mean, I shit. I expect Mike to walk into a win at least once this week or once the, you know this 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 year. Good but, God! 
But yeah, so you, you think starting two and zero is good? It's actually bad for you, Joey, because it's just going to be it's this this hope is there. You're like, this is my year, and then something's going to happen, and then boom, it's going to blow up in your face. Usually does. We'll see. All right, my bad is going to be Christian McCaffrey. Chaz, even though we didn't need him, he can't be too happy what's going on right now. 6.3 points against Tampa Bay on a Thursday night. And now you got Cam Newton potentially out. And I don't even know who the backup is for Carolina. Something Allen, I want to say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got we got faith. So held a 50. Held to 53 yards rushing and 16 yards on two receptions, totaling 69 yards. No tutties versus the Bucs in a losing effort. Let me ask you this. I'd like to get your thoughts. Do you, as a Panthers fan, have worry about Christian McCaffrey and his potential output the next couple weeks to come? Real football or fantasy football? Both. I mean, I mean – you're not winning many games if if Christian McCaffrey is rushing for 53 yards and only having two receptions. Well, let's see, I mean, the we the Bucks defense might be a stout defense this year, so I'm going to put my faith in the white unicorn of Christian McCaffrey and think that he can still get the job done. Old Norv needs to kind of step up his play calling a little bit, so I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. Okay, I just wanted to get a fan's point of view on that. I don't know. Personally, I, I mean, the guy's a stud. I do think potentially, though, we could see quite a bit of drop-off where he's being projected and in the high teens, low 20s. I think that might taper down to around 15 or 16 or so points. We'll see, though. Time will tell. All right, Jared, let's move on to the ugly. What you got? My ugly right now is Brooks's current ex-girlfriend, I mean, wide receiver group. So, he's got seven wide receivers. We got Juju Smith-Schuster, who's now going to have to depend on old, uh, old red, red, red the nose Rudolph Reindeer throwing to him. Michael Thomas is having to move from Drew Brees to Teddy Bridgewater. Robbie Anderson, who I don't even know why he's still on the roster, but his – Current QB is out with mono, making out with people. Then he had to go to some guy named Seaman. And now who the fuck knows is going to throw the ball to him. So, I don't know. And then he got the guy named Gallup is ironically unable to run for a few weeks. Alshon is day-to-day with a calf strain, which means that he'll play next week, and then but he'll bail out on the first quarter because he's terrible. Sterling Shepard's concussed, but he might have been just faking concussed because he didn't want to go out there with Eli. Now that they've switched to Daniel Jones, maybe he'll actually start playing again. And then Will Fuller is more like full of disappointment. So his <laughs> whole wide receiver group is just uh, is, 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 it's like shambles. It's just a shambles. It's not looking good right now. Not at all. Hopefully he could get a little active on like the waiver wire, but it's almost as if like the guy has a full-time job and I know that's not true. Cuz I don't even cuz I don't even know I don't even know if he picked anybody up at all on the waivers or as a free agent. I mean, what are you doing? You got to start making some moves here because there's no way you're going to win any games with that sort of receiving core. That's just brutal. He was he was on that indeed waiver wire. <laughs> All right, my ugly actually is a couple wide receivers, uh two different GMs though, and that is Eagles wide receivers, Deshaun Jackson, Brian's got him. And Brooks has got Alshon Jeffrey. These guys combined for zero points in a week two loss against Atlanta. You're under a dome. You got Carson Wentz throwing. Atlanta's defense is trash. And you get zero points. Now, I know Deshaun was hurt. Alshon kind of struggling. But Jesus. Now it's going to be whoever's got Hurts. His, his impact is going to be vital for that team. But I don't know if you got anyone else on the Eagles 
it could be a struggle bus for the next couple of weeks until they get at least one of those guys healthy to stretch the field out. So that is looking ugly. It's going to be – he's going to start feeding the ball to Miles Sanders. Duh. He's the, he's the best player on the roster. Give him the ball. He is the best player on the roster, but it, I don't think they trust him yet. Uh, they will. They're giving him the rushes. I just don't think they see him as a, a good cash – Pet, uh, excuse me, catch, pass catching back right now. But their other option is is uh, Jordan, and he's trash. He can't catch the ball. Mm-hmm. Jordan Howard. We'll, so. we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right, that was the good, the bad, the ugly. Trying to get out of a DUI without a lawyer will change a car wreck into a nightmare. It's not your fault the car ran a red light, traveled the wrong direction, or hit someone or something. Here you are just trying to have a good time, shooting some blow off a hooker's ass after pounding a few old Milwaukee's, and the 5-0 blame you for driving under the influence. Who knew? I know. I'm Chaz Post, the Sanford Hammer. When stingy, corrupt cops take advantage of minorities just trying to have a good time on their EBT card, I get meaner than a junkyard dog. And I don't growl or bark, I bite. So call me, Chaz, the Hammer Post. I got a big dick and deep pockets. And the bigger your check, the better. I hammer these corrupt precincts for the biggest checks. I do more to get you more. And I don't stop until the size of your check satisfies you. Just listen to a testimonial of a satisfied customer. Daquan said, Man, I received the best attorney services ever from Chaz the Hammer Post. I was smoking two blunts, had an old English 40, and I ran a few stoplights, hit a tree, and I looted Popo for about 15 minutes before they charged me with the DUI. I'll admit, I'm a little bit nervous in that courtroom, but with Chaz's big dick and deep pockets approach, I was guaranteed that everything would be fine, and the hammer produced. And I left that courtroom with a big smile on my face and an extra fitty on my EBT card. You the best, Chaz. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. So if you have a pending DUI charge, a free 15-minute call could get you compensated for the injustice and racism of these so-called justices of peace. Call 1-800-YOU-ARE-VICTIM. That's 1-800-YOU-ARE-VICTIM. Call me, Chaz, the Hammer Post, and get the money you deserve. Weekly waiver wire, 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 wire. Did we just become best friends? Yep. All right, welcome into week two waiver wire reaction. Did we just become best friends, Chairs? Yep. Yep, we did. All right, we're going to take a deep dive into the waiver wire and see kind of who spent some cash and maybe a little bit of who picked up some free agents. Uh, might have a little bit of controversy too, Jared, and we'll get to that in the end of this segment here. But why don't you start us off here? And let's look at what kind of happened this morning. Well, I, I was curious about what was going to happen this 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 time around because there was a lot of names getting thrown out, and then you had obviously the big one was Dallas's defense going to be at home with Miami, and I mean I knew somebody was going to they they actually went for ten dollars. That was actually less than what I thought they were going to go cheap. for. Um, I thought somebody was going to spend way too much on them. Um, but I, I kind of, when I was reviewing this, I kind of have like two questions and kind of looking at it. My, my first question is, it's kind of for you, Joe. Yep. So I think week, I know where this is going. This week and last week, you yeah. spent $45 of your $100 budget on Chris Thompson, Tennessee defense, Corey Davis, who yep. you dropped, dropped him. Yeah, Darwin Thompson, yep. and a suspended Golden Tate, who's yep. not able to play until he's week not. five. Yeah, he's not active. Okay, forty-five dollars on those people. No one built bid on any of those players ever. So, can you give me like a little self-evaluation of sure. your transactions to this point? Yeah. So the Corey Davis ones. Uh, that one was kind of just pure mismanagement on my behalf. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. Last week, I meant to drop um, 
somebody else and I dropped him instead. And I wanted to hold on to Corey Davis for one more week because he's the number one. And I expect he had a tough go the first week against a pretty stout cornerback. So I'm like, you know what? Let's give him a go. Let's see what he can do. And he did nothing again. And I just, I can't hold on to someone that's doing nothing. I got to take, you know, I got to reach for someone that maybe could give me something, some potential in the future. So that's why I re-dropped him again. Or I guess that's why I picked him up and then re-dropped him again. So that one's that. In regards to Golden Tate, had a transition from Eli over to the Daniel whatever guy. And he's out now, but he's going to be a great receiver for Daniel Jones come week five. And why not go after him now, get him for $16 when people are struggling, (coughs) Brooks, for wide receivers. And I got him on the cheap, or maybe later on he might go for like a 30 spot. And, yeah, he might clog my bench up for a couple weeks, but he's going to be a number one target monster come week five. Well, that's, you know, that's all debatable, and I can understand that thought process. But if that's your thought process and you want to go ahead and get a two- or three-week jump on that, I mean, $16? You think come next week that he would go for less? No, I think if your plan was to do it this week, why not just bid $1 or no dollars? Well, how am I supposed to, and how is anybody supposed to know when they bid if someone else is bidding on it? I don't know. Your track record's not doing pretty well. I mean, considering all the people you've bought, nobody else bid it on. Well, how am I supposed to know that? <laughs> That's a part of the game. You're trying to win the bid. You're thinking, all right, <laughs> someone's going to bid on them. I want to make sure that I right, win the yeah, bid. Yeah, that's part of the game, and you're getting your players, but you're losing the game. So, First right, of all, let's, you can't, let's, let's you move can't we'll, roll over fab money at the end of the year. I don't know. All right, let's okay. roll over. All right, so we got – so the other one, the big money one was the uh, Marcus Robinson. So Brian trying to fill in that uh, uh, Tyreek Hill spot right there and trying to um, lock that up until he comes back. And then you got the Golden Tate and uh, Mike might have guessed. We'll see if he guessed right or wrong on the the backup to the backup in San Francisco. Um, Darwin Thompson, I'm, I'm I'm cool with that. Some banged up people there. And I like the DJ Chark. I think he could. Kind of some move some some move the needle for Jacksonville there. DJ Shark is is a pretty legitimate. I mean that's a good pickup right there. Just because it seems as though there is no relationship between their new quarterback there and D.D. Westbrook. And I know this because he's on my bench. Yeah. And Westbrook hasn't done anything while this DJ Shark guy is totally showing that. He's got some sort of connection with that quarterback there, so that could be good. I and, say, yeah, and, oh, and, and Brad's got the option to change his team name to Baby Shark. Do, 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 do. So <laughs> there's always that plus. There is. Uh, Brian grabbing DeMarcus Robinson, that's a solid pickup. I mean, I told you last week that uh, Tyree Kill is going to be out for an extended period of time. And who knows when that's going to be. So um, that's a solid pickup right there. It's almost like a plug and play offense. It kind of reminds me of the old Rams with um, Kurt Warner back in the day where it seemed like they can just throw anybody into that offense and they're just going to score massive amounts of points. So solid pickup there. What are your thoughts on Raheem Mostert? I thought about throwing a claim in on him. Uh, Mike dropping 16, John with eight. I stayed away from it. But uh, I think it might be a solid play. What do you think? I could drop. I don't know. If he plays them this week and he does well, I'll hate it. But if he plays them this week and he doesn't do well, I'll love it. So, I mean, it's it's kind of like a – there's a committee there. So, it's all all this is is a guessing game. So, if he can guess right, yeah, go for it. Yeah. But there's, a, but there's also a theme here, like from last week and this week, that a lot of people were having to bid where a lot of these people aren't bidding there's not multiple bids on players, which is kind of surprising. It so, is unusual, but my thought process is you don't know who the hell's bid, who's bidding on what, so you got to put something down. Yeah, I'm just waiting for that one player to go down with that clear backup, and I'm going to drop $99. And who do you think that's going to be? 
I don't at this know. point in the game, who is it? If I knew that, then I'd go get them right now. But I'm just saying, of all the running backs right now, who is it that someone, some handcuff isn't isn't taken already? Um, if a who's Saquon's backup? That might be the only one, but they're maybe. I mean, maybe you their offensive line isn't good enough for for you to pick up that starting. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not telling the rest of our people in our league who the people I'm on. All right, just chit chatting here, just trying to yeah, conversation. Not, not, not over the open waves, man. All right, I think this is a good time to get into the final um, kind of question I have for you in All regards right. to the waiver wire reaction. So, possibly a little bit of controversy going on. Yeah, here, well, let me. Yeah, let me. Let me. So everybody does for us. So you got to, like Tuesday rolls around, and you're kind of looking to see if anybody you should claim, and you go through the process, and you kind of revisit. Nah, that's too much money, and you kind of put it back down. Yada yada yada. And then everybody wakes up in the morning to see where the waivers landed and who you got, who you missed on, how much they went for. Excuse me. And you go from there. I've noticed a thing, though, to where John picked up Nelson Aguilar at 4.15 a.m. this morning. That's early. That is early. And it wasn't a waiver. It was a free agent. So that means he went in shortly after the waivers cleared and picked up a guy. I was like, hmm. Uh, He did it last week, too. And he picked up the stallion Danny Amendola at 445 in the morning. Hmm. So he's feeling so confident in his current wide receiver group that he is setting his alarm. And then shortly after waivers are processed to make pickups. I actually contacted Diane and sent her a text and said, hey, what's going on? Does Dylan wake up at night or something? And she says, no, Dylan sleeps through the night pretty easily, most commonly. But she did mention that this might explain why Johnny sleeps in the other room on Tuesday night. So <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I don't really know the, the, the secret behind his madness. I know that John kind of operates on different strategy that none of us understand. We're all playing checkers and Johnny's playing chess apparently. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know, boys, you might, we might have to look into that though. But if you go back and look, when you set a waiver in, it'll clear and it says from waiver to waiver. If you pick them up after waivers have cleared, it'll say free agent and the person you drop two waivers. So Go look it up, boys. I'm I'm trying to break some break some breaking news here. That's kind of interesting, you know. One might even think, you know, maybe it's he's just committed to his craft, right? He could just be like, you know what, I'm I'm the GM, I'm the John Gruden that gets up at four in the morning, man. Well, you think he like this guy, Nelson Aguilar? You think he just like he's got some hands on him, man? You think he rolls? You think he just rolls over and and skims it and like picks him up and then just rolls back over and goes back to bed? Or you think he I gets do. up? This guy, gets... this guy, Nelson Aguilar. So I'm pick him up. I don't know, guys. We we might have to look into that and kind of keep an eye on it. That's all I'm saying. Let's just make sure there's no collusion going on. Yeah. That's, that's all. I think everybody's got it in the back of their mind. You know. Hopefully that's not the case. So, I'm all not, right, that was week I'm, two. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say I nominate Rusty to head up that committee. That's the last thing we need right so. now. <laughs> time it is it's time to reach into that mailbox and see what our fans sent us more mail all right welcome into the mailbag portion segments of the uh podcast here ladies and gentlemen unfortunately um jared i did check to see if we had any voice and we had a big solid goose egg so just as a reminder to people uh we're more than welcome to take uh some of your voicemails you just got to go to anchor.fm the website uh search hot routes and hot takes fantasy football podcast 
There you can leave us a voicemail of any type. We like comments. We like questions. We'll take it all. And um, we'll throw it on next week's podcast, all right? So that's one way to reach us. You can also go into the Anchor app and reach us that way as well. There's a section there that says add voicemail or voicemail message, and that's how you can reach us. So please send us your comments or questions. We'd be happy to uh, to take those into consideration. However, uh, instead of a voicemail, I did receive a couple emails. I did. I received a few text messages. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Um, well, I was unaware of those. So we'll get into that. Um, but I have a couple emails, both directed to you. Um, so I'll start this one off. This email says, Jared, really enjoy the podcast. Hope that I hope that John guy doesn't kill you for slandering this good name following the draft. I guess it's easy to hate on the guy with the highest winning percentage in league history. Anyway. Way to go out on the limb with the Chris Godwin and Tyler Lockett. Dark horse predictions. For a second, I thought I accidentally switched over to the Evan, Sylvan po- Evan Silva's podcast. But then I realized he actually knows something about football. While I'm here, what's your thoughts on defenses capable of scoring 40-plus scoring points in a given week? From Headstrong and High Point. <laughs> Look, I'm... It sounds crazy. I think that if the, the way our current setup is, defenses, if they shut a team out, that's pretty rare in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Now, it's also pretty rare that an NFL team is as bad as the Dolphins and the Jets are. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that Patriots defense is because now they're going to go face the Jets. So we'll see how many points they score. But you automatically lose – 12 points once a touchdown scored. So it's one thing. And it was two pick sixes. So it's rare. It happens. I'm okay with it. It would, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it because I was not facing him. If I was facing him, (laughs) I would be making rule changes in the middle of the season. Um, But uh, I don't know any way around it. We'll just kind of revisit it and go from there. So suck it up and move on. Bottom line, Miami's just a dumpster fire. So people are going to try and stream against that defense all year. And I think Brad has got to be just clapping his hands on his knees saying, thank you, Jesus, for for me denouncing my fandomship to that organization because it is just a trash of an organization right now. So just awful. All right. All right. Let's hear from uh, one of your text messages. What you got? Yeah. So I got this. All right. It says, Hey, Joey, picture this. Your beloved Chicago Bears come up short on a third and long because, you know, Mitch Trubisky. And they send the punt team out. It's a beautiful arc of a punt that in which the returner is about to catch it at the 35 and take off. My question is, which NCFFL GM would you like to see catching that punted ball and trying to run and take a hit from NFL players? This is a great question. And I, I'll be honest, I haven't even thought about who I would want to have that. But if I, <laughs> I think if we're looking for entertainment value, if we're looking for entertainment value, my first thought is to go with Chaz. And then I'm like, well... <laughs> He's just going to get throttled down. He'll get concussed. He'll probably start crying. He may shoot his face. So that's that's a little bit of good entertainment. But I think I would actually like Pittman to do this. And let me give you a reason why. Pittman's not a small dude. So I do think he could brush off one guy and at least gain like five or ten yards. And that would be phenomenal to see no his way. entertainment value. No way. You don't think so? No. Pittman's like 6'3", 270 pounds. Yeah, and he's got SWAT experience. I'd, I'd like to hear his opinion on this once he hears it. So, I but. think he could brush off a gunner from the left side trying to go after him. Now, what will get interesting is when that gunner runs at his knees and snaps his knee back. That'll be fun. I mean, he would shit his <laughs> pants if he's trying to watch a ball and he sees these – 300-pound grown men running 4-4 at him, about to take his head off. (laughs) 
but, I guess then I guess we do have to go with Chaz because Chaz would be out there with a vape pen smoking weed, <laughs> trying to catch a ball one handed. So that would be pretty funny as well. <laughs> yeah. What else you got? All right, let's see here. So this one's also directed to you. It says, Jared, the only thing worse than your performance in week one was the changeup drove through. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. All right, let me start this over. I'm getting burned here. So the only thing, Jared, the only thing worse than your performance in week one was the changeup drove through at ECU in 2004. For those... <laughs> Those of you not in attendance, that pitch, <laughs> that pitch left the yard faster than Chaz ripping heaters on draft night. Fortunately, that ball eventually returned back to earth, albeit in a different zip code, as it appears your fantasy team did in week two. I guess pouring over offensive run rate and wide receiver air yards data at work is finally paying dividends. Anyways, my question, would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses, and why? From M. Vic in Masters. <laughs> I wonder who that is. Uh, so one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses, what would you rather fight and why? I don't even know what that means, but I'd love to hear your answer. I think I would try to take on the one duck, the one giant duck, as opposed to trying to worry about a hundred miniature ponies running at me and getting my ankles. I don't know if I could kick them all away. I mean, ducks are kind of big. So, well, when it's a horse size, yeah. Yeah, well, a horse size duck. But I think I can maybe get the neck. I can jump on the neck and just start riding it around and just take it down and just like, I think I can get my arms around the, the neck of the. Well, what's the setting? Where are we? Are we on my turf? Or are we on their turf? Or is like a like a pond around? Where I think kind of go in and out. Yeah. And can I think the duck we're kind fly? of near a pond? I mean, is this that's where is ducks this, are? I mean, is this horse-sized duck able to fly? I mean, that's a lot of weight to be able to fly. All right, let me set it up for you here. Um, so you're you're on a pond, but you're on a, a hundred foot dock. And that dock's only six feet wide in either direction, you know, six feet wide. So, and you guys are at the end of the dock. Go. I would just jump in the water and drown because I'm not going to try to put up that fight. That's like, that's like some kind of mythical creature. Nah, I got no shot. Anyways, I think we can both agree what a quacktastic question that was. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. All right, my last, my last one. So it says, you're, you're familiar with the game Fuck, Marry, and Kill, right? Oh, Jesus. So I am. This is going to be the fantasy NCFFL GM style. We're not actually doing the fucking marrying and killing. However, which GM would you switch teams with right now? Right now? Right now. I think that's an easy question, and I would go. I think I'd have to go with Chaz. Yeah, that's an easy question. The guy's putting up 160 points minimum in two weeks. Minimum. Yeah. I mean, let me just take a glance here and post it up. League overview. So, when we're looking at our standings here, he's got a grand total of 360 points. Next closest is John, believe it or not. Mr. I wake up at 4.15 in the morning to get draft pit or to get free agents. Trust the At 310. At 310. I mean, 360. The lowest in the group so far is is, uh, Pittman at 214. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's astounding. He's got him by, you know, 100 and what? 146 points already? Wow. Done. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I think you got to take him. I mean, it's a little inflated with the whole Patriots defense there, but even if you subtracted 47 points, he's still outpacing. He's still got John by a couple points. Yeah, I got you. All right, so that was the fuck. So the Mary is which GM would you choose to you, where you'd be able to guarantee to beat them every time you play them? 
Well, I'm going to have to stay in my division. And since my division consists of Pittman, Brooks, Rusty, and Chaz, I think the easy thing would say Chaz, right? Because if I can knock him out of playoffs, I might be able to get a hundred bucks from John. But all I got to do is get into that number two slot. So I would like to uh, knock out Rusty because I don't think that uh, Brooks or Slip and and Pittman have a team that's worth a damn. Mm, Okay. So you think, I got it, I got it. All right, and the last one is kill. You have to remove one GM from the league, either temporarily or permanently. Who is it? It's a tough one. I equally you're, like everybody. Yourself? I have, you, I have, I have, no. Because of your track removing, record yourself? I'm you not removing myself. Joe, you, you, is the question to me or is the question to you? This question is to you. So, I mean, but you, I mean, come on, you man up a little bit and say, yeah, based off my previous performances, maybe I need to like sit out a year. I'm like banned for a year and I can come back. If I sit out a year, who's doing the podcast? <laughs> Valid. Um... This is a tough question because I like everybody. I respect everybody. I have admiration for everybody. All right. But if I had to choose somebody. No, I will answer the question. I'm not going to cop out here. If I had to choose somebody, I would have to say Chess because I'm tired of seeing him win. (laughs) He's going to love that you (laughs) said that. (laughs) (laughs) He needs to sit out. Go wreck somebody else's league for a little while. All right. All right. I got that. All right. I'm out of questions. You got any more? That's all I got on my end. So that'll wrap up uh, this week's episode uh, for our mailbag questions. Hey, guys. I want to take a quick moment to talk about protection. No, not that kind of protection, but rather protection for your family, your home, your autos, or even your business. A local Farm Bureau insurance agent is there to make sure that what's most important to you is properly covered and at a low cost. Contact a Farm Bureau agent near you today and get a free insurance review. Shop local with Farm Bureau insurance. Here comes the boom or bust. All right, welcome into the new segment in Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. We're going to look at who we believe week three's boom or bust of the week is going to be. So each of us is going to choose one of those boom or bust players. And uh, let's start it off with you, Jared. Who you got? Who's going to be your boom player for week three? My boom player for week three is none other than Golden Tate. Oh, why? What do you mean, why? He's going to be your boom player? Yeah. He's not playing. Oh, that's right. He's suspended for two more games. <laughs> my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. Hmm, me... Nice burn. I don't know why that's such a big burn. He's going to be a hot commodity in like a week and a half. Yeah, yeah. Debatable, but okay. Um, all right, but for real. My boom is going to be none other than Marvin Jones is going to go for it. Seven catches, 120 yards, and a touchdown. But currently, Pittman does not have him in his lineup, so he's better make a choice. Interesting. Interesting. All right, so my boom player is going to be – it's a pretty easy one. Uh, but it's difficult not to take this guy right here. I'm going to go with Zeke Elliott. He's heading up against a depleted Dolphins defense who actually just lost another guy. Uh, was it Minka Fitzpatrick, yep. I believe? Yep. Uh, I think he's going to go off for 176 all-purpose yards with two toddies, one rushing and one receiving, totaling 32 points. 
Uh, it's just too easy of a pick. I mean, the guy's going to go bananas over here against this Dolphins team. Awesome. So can't wait. Good stuff there. I'm so I'm so thrilled as I'm facing him. Great. <laughs> All right, who's going to be your bust for the week? My bust is going to the one that really knows how to pick those flex two options and drum roll. My bust is going to be Philip Lindsay. Ooh, that's so, a tough call. Philip Lindsay, he's starting to the 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 takeover with Royce Freeman starting to take over the spot. He's about to double him in points, and Brooks has him in the lineup. He's gonna guess wrong again. Oh man, that could be difficult. Alrighty, my bust is going to be, and this is pretty unfortunate. I do think it's going to be a Mister DeAndre Hopkins. And that is not good for Mr. Connor Air Bradley Pizel. DeAndre Hopkins did not show up last week. And unfortunately, I think uh, he's going up against the Chargers defense. And more importantly, he's going up against a stout DB, potentially uh, Casey Hayward and a good Chargers defense. Hopkins goes on a two-game skid with consecutive games under 10 points. And DeAndre Hopkins is going to be my bust of the week. Sorry, Brad. Week three matchups. Here we go. All right, welcome into the week three preview. Uh, we're going to go through each game, kind of give our picks. Uh, but before we get there, I just want to go through our picks from last week, Jared. So I went three and two, and you as well went three and two. Um, you went with wins with uh, Chaz, uh, Rusty, and Brad. And I will say that you did have <laughs> you had an impressive assessment in the uh, Rusty versus Slip game, where you stated, and quote. Eight, Rusty will win by eight points because Brooks guesses wrong on that sex, second flex option. And you nailed that one to a T. So he did uh, select wrong, and I believe he scored zero points with Elshon Jeffrey. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I think he left. He quit. So solid soothsayer right there by yourself. Um, I took wins from myself, uh, John, Chaz, and I lost the uh, – Rusty and Brad game. So right now we're both uh, three and two. I'll go back and check to see what uh, what our records were for that week one matchup, and then I'll get our total week. So let's get started on uh, the week three preview. So first up, we have Horseshoe Collector John versus Sherlock Mahomes. Brian, both teams are one and one. John has projected a 133.12 versus a 129.78. The favorites is going to John at 53% versus 47. Who you got, Jared? Here are the potential starters in this game. Austin Hooper, Duke Johnson, Demarcus Robinson, John Ross, Tyrell Williams, Nelson Aguilar. How can I predict with that shit? They both lose. This is, this is going to be a difficult game. I don't even know how they each – I don't even know how they can project them at 133 points. John's going to have to put Rodgers in. Now, he's granted he's playing Denver defense at home, but he should put some points in. But you got, yeah, Landry, Williams. I, I don't know here. I mean, this is going to be a difficult game. Um, are you not going to pick someone? You got to pick someone. Brian. Okay. I'm going to go with Brian myself. I think Mahomes just has another big day, and that puts him over the edge. So we're both going to go Brian on that one. All right. Moving along to the next game, we have two girlies, one cup versus the Truth Ertz. Both teams are 2-0 and oh going into week three. Joe is projected at a 127.77. Wow. Chaz is a 146.60, giving him the edge at 64% favorite. What do you think you got on this one? 
Uh, I don't think it's going to be close. Um, and you start your three-game losing streak this week, Chaz wins. Ouch. Well, as much as I want to take myself, I don't think I can. I mean, he's just got too much firepower here. Um, I do think it's going to be close, however. I do believe it's going to come down to less than 10 points. Um, but I am going to, unfortunately, uh, give this one to Chaz. And I'm going to go with a uh, 140 to a 133 victory for Chaz, unfortunately. Okay. All right, moving along, we have Connor Air Bradley versus Turn Your Head and Golf with Brooks. A 1-1 one one matchup versus an 0-2 matchup here. Brad is, uh, has a 145.42 projection, while Brooks is at a 124.59. Brad's got the edge at 66% as a favorite. Who you got? This is the only cross-division matchup of the week, so I have to pull for Brooks. Um, But Brad isn't going to have to worry about being short in this matchup. Uh, Brooks' current roster situation is as questionable as some of the chicks he's hooked up with. And I just – just Brad's going to win. Yeah, I'm keeping this one pretty simple. Brett Prescott's going to have a monster game. Thielen's going to have a monster game. Carry on my wayward son. Johnson is going to have a phenomenal game as well. <laughs> um, and I do think Sammy Watkins gets back into the mix there. And I think it's just going to be too much firepower for the depleted um wide receivers that it looks like um, Brooks might have there with some injuries from a lot of like Michael Thomas, who knows who's, I don't even know who's throwing to him. Is it uh, Teddy Bridgewater? Maybe in New Orleans. I I just, I don't see him scoring 13.57 points there. Juju Smith Schuster is going to have Mason, somebody throwing to him. I just don't see it. It's going to be too much fire fire from Brad. So I'm going to go with Brad as well on that one. Okay. All righty, moving along. Now we have a no need for a B, and that's going to be Pitten versus Watch What You Say, Quan Rusty with no need a B. Uh, Pittman's got a 128.87 versus a 139.58. Currently, both teams are one and one. Rusty's got the advantage at 58%. Who you got? Uh, this is going to be a. This matchup has the the battle between what I believe is the two best kickers in Justin Tucker versus Harrison Butker. So I'm, I'm going to be interested in that. I think both teams' star players are underperforming. Um, but I'm going to go with Pittman only because I have Josh Allen and Rusty has John Brown on his bench. Put in John Brown, you coward. <laughs> The fact that you just brought up two kickers and that you're going to watch the game because of the kickers is pretty phenomenal. Um, I myself, I'm going to go with Rusty in this one. I think Rusty goes to two and one and sends uh, sends Pittman down to one and two. Um, I just think he's going to get a solid game from Waller and Fournette on Thursday night. Um and I think he's going to pull this one out pretty handily, unfortunately. So I'm going to go with Rusty on the big win there. All right, moving to our final game, we have a Mr. Points versus Win Mike versus Jared Miles of Chubb. We have Mike with a 133.24 versus a 134.95. Mike is 0-2, while Jared is 1-1. A 51-49% favorite going to Jared. This is going to be the most even matchup that we have, at least from a projection standpoint, Jared. Who you got, buddy? So we got – I'm facing Zeke and Cooper against the Dolphins. What could go wrong? So – but I will say this. This is – O.J. Howard is going to go full-on white Bronco against the Giants and score twice as many points in week three than he has first two weeks combined. (laughs) 6.4. I think I'm going to – I think I'm going to – I think think my guys are going to keep showing up and I'm going to cover Zeke's big game and I'll win. Okay. Well, I got – I do think O.J. Howard is going to score some points. I just don't think it's going to be enough to get you over the top. Um, 
Nick Chubb really hasn't done too much for me. Freeman isn't doing too much. And I think that with Zeke, uh, with Watson, Cooper, and McLaurin, who's shown a – this was a massive waiver pickup week one. I think he's going to do well against the Bears secondary too. Uh, unfortunately, I hate to say that, but the guy's got some speed and wheels on him. Uh, if he can get some action from Joe Mixon, I do believe he pulls this out. And I do believe that Joe Mixon will be the wild card in this game. If he can get 15 points from him, I do think he puts the, uh, puts, puts the game away and he moves on to a 1-2 and two record. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. All righty. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you all for listening very much. Dodge injuries and guess right, fellas. Take care. Later. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Just as a reminder, if you'd like to get in touch with us, there's a way to do that please go to anchor.fm website or the Anchor app. Search Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. There you can leave us what's called a voice message. We'll receive that message, and if we like what we hear, we may feature it on next week's podcast. For all of us here at the Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast, dodge injuries and guess right.